In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. It is wonderful to be gathered with you all, near and far. I never thought I'd give thanks for a steady internet connection, but I've been doing that a lot lately. Um, It has dawned on me that this season of Advent is so fitting for where we find ourselves. We joked, and I think, Catherine, in your sermon in March, I think the words that you used is, this is the lentiest Lent that I have ever linted. Um, but it's not Lent that we're in. We're in the season of Advent. We are waiting. We are waiting for hope. We're waiting for some return of normalcy or whatever that is. We're in this perpetual state of waiting. Which is why I want to talk about what does it mean to, to wait How do we wait with some sense of responsibility in our Christian faith? Um, One of the things that people do with with clergy is they express their frustration with the world. Um, One of those things that I'm constantly hearing is a sense of why are people filled with so much either kind of, I don't want to say it's anger or hurtfulness, but how can a, a world that is filled with so many people that love God and love God unconditionally, how in a country that is filled with people who follow Jesus, why can there be so much meanness, lack of care, lack of concern, lack of empathy or compassion or reaching out in love to those people who are hurting. And I've been trying to wrestle with what that means. And the best thing that I can come up with is this sense of waiting for the problem to resolve, and even maybe a false sense of hopefulness. And I I want to share two stories that are a little bit challenging to hear, and I just want to kind of caution you. Um, to that. And one is a story from 1964 in Queens, when early on the morning of March 13th, a young woman named Kitty was returning to her apartment after finishing her shift at a local bar. And so she enters her apartment complex parking lot, and she begins walking the distance to the door, and she is attacked. And she begins screaming, and some lights come on, and then the lights go off. Somebody yells, hey, leave that woman alone, to which the, the person runs away, but then they come back. And later, the police are called, and when the police begin to interview people in the apartment complex, they begin to ask the question, well, why didn't you do anything? I didn't want to get involved, or frankly, we were afraid, or I was too tired to respond. I went back to bed. Those were written in the New York Times in 1964. The response to this 
was an emergence of an idea called the bystander effect, which is when something happens to somebody, as bystanders, we're hesitant to respond. In fact, I was listening to a podcast that brought up something similar that like a lot of conversations that parents have with their daughters is if you're ever being attacked, don't yell for help, yell for fire, yell fire, because people are more likely to respond. But when you yell for help, people are hesitant to respond. Now, interestingly, this, this phenomenon doesn't just happen with human beings. It actually, some psychologists have studied, it happens with animals too. So it's a condition of who we are as human beings. We struggle. We struggle in that season of waiting because we assume that someone else is going to come and fix the situation. So maybe in, in, in trying to be more charitable, in a world that is filled with a lot of hurt and a lot of pain, and yet incredible beauty and hopefulness as well, that maybe the best answer that I can come up with is why these exist, is simply that people believe in that hope and that, that God will come and rescue this world, God will redeem this world, that Jesus Christ will come and make everything better. And so we live existing with pain and suffering. Now, I wholeheartedly believe that God will return and that in the fullness of time all things will be redeemed. But it's interesting that in the season of Advent, we are waiting for God to dwell with us. But the promise that we have received is that God is already dwelling with us. Listen to the words that Christina read this morning from 1 Corinthians. These words that come in a season of waiting in Advent that we often overlook. I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace that God has been given you in Christ Jesus. For in every way you have been enriched in him, in speech, in knowledge of every kind, just as the testimony of Christ has been strengthened among you so that you are not lacking in any spiritual gift as you wait. So here we have Paul acknowledging that we are waiting. But at that same time, Paul's acknowledging that our lives have been enriched, have been strengthened, so that we may be blameless on that day. We have been given a gift by God. I mean, listen to those words. This is not about the future. It is, but it's about the present. How do we wait? We are strengthened 
in God's love. I heard another story, um, a powerful story. It's also one that was hard to hear about a woman named Pam who was walking through Walmart at midnight, and she sees um, a man carrying a screaming child over his shoulder. The child has blonde hair. The man has black hair. She's um, alerted. She's a little, she's concerned. So she goes to the security. There's a lot of, oddly, she, the, the article references, there's a lot of people at Walmart in the midnight. So she goes to one of the security guards, and he walks up to the man. He's like, is this your son? Yes. And the security guard walks off. And she's still is bothered. This isn't right. So she goes, no, 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 we've got to check this out. Let me see your ID. Sure enough, the man is who he says he is. The license is expired. She begins pushing more, more. boy, is this, is this your father? Can you tell me his name? She calls the police, and they arrive. And, and it happened to be, it was the, the, the father, it, it was the boy, but the father was intoxicated. It was midnight with an expired license, and the grandparents come to pick up the child. The question is, and the reason you read this, how does she have the courage? How does she have the courage to act differently and to not be a bystander? How does she have that courage to do something that is uncomfortable? How does she have the courage? We are in a season of waiting. And yet, and yet, the promise that God will come and be with us has already been realized. We have been given strength in Christ Jesus. In every way we have been enriched in him, in speech, in knowledge of every kind. This season of Advent, I'm wondering what it would look like Instead of all of us looking to the future, what if we see our own lives as the hope for the rest of the world that is waiting? By our words and actions, by our courage to stand up to hatred and bigotry, to stand up for love, to see our lives being called forward, to be reminded that we can be with God, Christ Jesus in our lives. We can be the strength and the hope that the rest of the world needs to see as we all wait for the kingdom of God to be fully realized. Let us join one another in being courageous and bold in this season of waiting. Amen.